Hi, I'm Peter Mullen from Mullen Natural Health Centre. Have you ever thought about coming to see a naturopath but weren't sure if we could help? Why not try our free 15-minute phone consultations? Call 4961 4075 or go to mullenhealth.com.au for details. Good afternoon, Peter Mullen. It is your time to shine. <laughs> Good afternoon, Mark. Great to see you uh, this afternoon. You too. I like your new glasses. Yeah, look, we've got them on now. I'll, I'll do what I've been doing to other people today. I apologise if it looks like I'm staring at you, leering at you. I'm not. I'm just getting used to them. We're seeing people for the first time. I'm seeing, them for the fir- I'm seeing you for the first time, <laughs> and I like what I'm looking they at, Peter. Mir- miraculous. Yeah, miraculous. very much so. So I'm going to try and see if I can get away with that for the next six months when I'm staring <laughs> at people. Okay. Look, we've got some great stuff on your program today. Four gluten-free bread alternatives. What can we expect in the big program? Uh, well, it's just a really interesting topic, you know, this whole thing about um, gluten-free. And um, a lot of people think it's a fad. Um, but there's actually a lot of fact and behind that and reasoning why. So that's what I thought I'd go over today. Who should really look at going gluten-free and just um, what you can actually expect to see improve in your health if you do. Peter Mullen has just let out the biggest yawn that you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> you probably heard, you probably had the air of the studio just be... <sighs> Move back towards Peter. I was getting Peter. some oxygen in, so I'd be on fire for the show. I'm sorry my company is that much of an affront to you that you've just decided to fall asleep. Look, Peter, gluten-free bread, we're going to get onto that this morning, but I guess let's get a bit of an understanding of what gluten is and why it may be, why it is a problem for many folks. Well, it's a, it's a massive, um, massive, massive growing area, like... Up to 10% of the population at least are choosing to go gluten-free or try gluten-free. So just a bit about gluten very briefly. Gluten is um, a protein and it's made up of glutenin and gliadin. And it basically these two form, they form an elastic bond in the presence of water. So they make dough stretchy. So you know what you see those guys flinging the pizza bases mm-hmm. around? Yeah. It's, it's gluten that enables that to happen. And it comes from the Latin, I think, or derived from the Latin meaning glue. So gluten, glue. Anyway, so that's why, that's why they use it. And when you make bread, the gluten traps the carbon dioxide released by the fermentation. So that what's, that's what makes bread light and, and fluffy. Okay, so there's a little bit of a history lesson for us. A bit so, of a history lesson. So why is it a, why is it a problem? Well, there's, there's, there's a, a lot of doctors think that it's just a fad. They think that you know the only people that really have to go gluten-free are people that suffer from an autoimmune condition called celiac. And to be fair, if someone's got celiac, celiac, celiac is a really um, extremely damaging disorder if it's not diagnosed properly. Um, it can affect all the organs in your body. So a lot of people... Um, you know, maybe don't take the serious. Like, if you're suspicious that you've got, if you've got celiac, you needed to be tested, tested thoroughly, not just go on a gluten-free diet. So that's probably my biggest warning about. If you think gluten's an issue for you, get tested first to make sure you're definitely not celiac. Okay, so because how? I, so what are we? What are the symptoms of, of celiac disease? Well, celiac. So celiac's an autoimmune condition. So, and there's one of the only only known. <laughs> um, autoimmune conditions where they actually know what causes it. So celiac is caused by eating gluten, and it's where the gluten goes into the gut and the immune system goes crazy and starts to attack the villi, which are the little finger-like projections on the gut wall. So it absolutely trashes the gut wall. So basically the big problem, one of the big problems with celiac, as well as gut issues, you can get skin issues, joint issues, liver issues, um, but it, it, the, the absorptive area of your small intestinal tract goes from the size of a tennis court 
basically once it's all spread out with all these little villi down to the size of a small card table. So your risk of developing osteoporosis, massive mineral deficiency, iron deficiency can go through the roof. What a lot of people don't realize with celiac is I've had patients come to see me that have been celiac but were getting minimal gut symptoms. Okay, so that's a little almost contradictory that to what you it, said, it, isn't it? It is, it is. So some people people think that, you know, if you've got celiac, you'd know because they're such drastic symptoms. But you can have this lady had moderate moderate celiac, moderate damage to her villi, but she was only getting very rare symptoms even though she was still eating gluten. So if you're suspicious, number one, you have to go and get tested. Um, you have to be eating gluten at the time so you don't get a false negative. If, you, if you're gluten-free and you go and get tested, then it, won't, it may not pick up the antibodies at a high enough level. If the antibodies come back positive, then the gold standard these days still is to have a um, colonoscopy or gastroscopy where they actually look at the small intestinal tract and see what's going on with the villi. Um, and or gene testing as well. You know, 99.9% of people have to have the gene for celiac to develop it. There is a very, 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 very small percentage of people that may develop celiac without it. So that's celiac. So that's a different issue to gluten intolerance. Okay. So if we think that we're gluten, gluten intolerant, what, what is going to get us thinking along that road? Well, look, over the years I've been in practice, so... Um, Anyone I've ever seen with gut issues, irritable bowel, I always recommend they cut um, gluten out of their diet for starters. The second challenging thing, and there's, there's a, the, one of the world's leading researchers on gluten is a guy called um, Alessio um, Fasano. I love how you and look his... to me for, as if I'm going to come up with that gentleman's name. I could have said so anything. He's, a, he's an Italian-born... Um, pediatric gastroenterologist from Massachusetts in, in the States. So he's one of the world's leading researchers on gluten. He believes that gluten irritates everybody's gut, but some everybody's guts, but some people subclinically or clinically don't have any presentation of symptoms. They seem to be able to cope with a small amount. He believes that when we eat gluten or when we eat um, wheat containing gluten, and again, I should say this, gluten, for those people that don't know, gluten is in things like wheat, rye, barley. In Australia, there's, there's thoughts that it may be in oats cause, due to cross-contamination, um, spelt. Um, so there's a few, few versions or few places where you can get gluten. So he believes gluten irritates everybody's gut and that there's a possibility that the immune system in the gut reacts to gluten as it would to the shell or the fragments or the breakdown products of certain bacteria and viruses. So the body, he thinks the body really is not designed to be able to digest gluten. We don't have the enzymes to digest it. And the other thing that, um, and we'll talk about this more in the, in the next segment, but the other thing, his, a lot of his famous research is based around a compound called zonulin. Gluten increases the production of this compound called zonulin that actually causes the gaps between the cells in the gut wall to open up, causing possible leaky gut. Good afternoon, Belinda. You've got a question for Peter about celiac disease. Uh, yes, I do. Hi, Belinda. Um, Hi, I just recently um, had some blood tests because um, I developed a rash um, specifically on my chest but then got more on my stomach and tops of my thighs. Yes. Um, the doctor runs some blood tests and it came back that I was had celiac disease. Okay. Um, he put me on some steroids which cleared them up straight away but as soon as I stopped I got the rash back. Yes. Um, he's referred me to a specialist which um, 
I don't get into till next week. It's, I've been waiting about a month or so. Yeah, yeah. But in between that, I went to a naturopath who suggested that it may have been more likely um, yeast rather than um, celiac um, and that I should stop, um, as well as going gluten-free to stop sugar um, and yeast as well. Yeah, look, it definitely, obviously with celiac, you have to get off the gluten. You have to be really, yep. really super, super, super vigilant with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so definitely getting off the gluten. Yep. It Once you get a rash from something like celiac, the rash might be to do with the celiac or it might be to do with something else. Okay, yep. And it could be um, post-viral. It could be just due to general toxicity, being a bit run down. Definitely tidying your diet up, getting off sugar, reducing yeast is going to have you feeling better and it's going to be low inflammatory. Okay. So um, I'd, I'd, I'd progress along those lines. Yep. Have you taken an antihistamine at all? No, I haven't, no. Uh, the rash has settled down um, since okay. I've, I've sort of gone um, gluten-free. Um, I've yeah, well, definitely, definitely, the, definitely the dietary improvements you're doing sounds yep. like it's the way to go. So you're definitely on the right track, but it doesn't... It's st- you've still got celiac, yep. but you know often when you've got celiac, you can have intolerance. You can also have intolerance to a lot of other foods as well. So it might okay. even be worthwhile getting a food intolerance test done down okay, the track so as well. Okay, so is that something that the specialist would would do? No, generally, think? generally not. That's something okay. you need to see a naturopath for. Okay, and just um, quickly, you said earlier that um, if if I go to the specialist, um, yes. should I be still eating? Like, is he going to be able to pick up on it if, if I've been on this diet? Uh, look, that's a really good point. And generally what they'll say is if, if, if you've come back positive for the celiac antibodies and it was quite yep. high, he is going to want you eating gluten before he actually does a colonoscopy or a gastroscopy. Okay, yep. It's a pain in the butt. I generally yep. would say to someone, um, because you'll see the specialist and then you might not have to have the test for another month after. Yep, yep, I think that's what what's going to happen. They said it's just a consultation for the first visit. I would definitely get off the, this sounds silly, but I would definitely get off the gluten in the meantime as strictly as you can, see how much better you can feel. Yep. I know it sounds terrible, but then you will have to load back up for the minimum amount of time which you'll need to run past him to, so that he definitely gets a positive result with your, with your um, gastroscopy. Okay, all right, great. Thanks very much for that. Oh, and my thank, pleasure. And thank Thanks, you for Belinda. your call, Belinda, this, uh, this afternoon. There's a lot in this, isn't there, Peter? Yeah, it's, it's and it's very the, wor- the worst, thing, worst thing I find with, with people getting tested for celiac is if they can't get in to see someone for three months, they're expected to just keep eating gluten when it's causing damage. So, mm-hmm. and but, but if you cut it out and you're feeling so much better... And then you've got to have a test where they say, now you've got to start eating it again. And you know you're going to feel crap All again. over the place, all yeah. over the place. Good, good afternoon, Anne. You've got a question for Peter about IBS. Uh, yes, I have. Good afternoon, Anne. Hi, Peter. I listen to your show all the time. Oh, uh, listen, you. with IBS, IBS, I use um, spelt bread from Baker's Delight. Is that okay? Um, no, not if you're still getting symptoms. I'm finding it's not too bad. Or what breed would you suggest to get? Um, look, I would. I always recommend to my IBS patients to go without any bread, any gluten whatsoever for at least a month. Oh, I've had this for years. Yeah, but I'd, I'd still try and get off your spelt even for, say, two weeks. Right. And, you know, maybe use some rice thins or corn thins or um, you can get some gluten-free breads as well. 
I've tried those at the supermarkets and they're gross. Yeah, okay. Well, look, in a minute, I'm going to um, make a recommendation. We've got on our um, website at the moment, we've got a really good blog on um, gluten-free breads, and we've got four recipes on there that you can check out. I don't have a computer. Okay, okay. Um, if you give my office a call later on the SARV, I'll give you the name. I can't give you the name of a commercial one over air, but I can give you the name of a commercial one that you can try that's not too bad. But I, I would definitely try coming off the spelt altogether and then reintroducing it to see how much you can get away with. Peter, what? just very quickly, why uh, are we intolerant to gluten? You want to quickly wrap up with that this afternoon? Yeah, well, look, two, two thoughts have come through with that. Professor um, Fasano from... Um, uh, America, he believes that um, part of the reason we're becoming more gluten intolerant is due to what's called the process of panification. So, Ooh, in the, can in, you explain what that is? In the past, pardon me. In the past, when you made when you made bread and you mixed it with yeast or made the dough, the yeast was left to rise overnight, sixteen to eighteen hours, and the thought is that the yeast actually and the enzymes associated with the yeast started to break the gluten down, so there was less less gluten in the in the end product. So. With a lot of breads these days, they might turn them over in two hours. So you don't get the, the effect of the yeast being able to break the gluten down. And the second reason is that with the current milling practices, oftentimes what they'll do is they'll mill mill wheat and they'll take everything out except for the, the endosperm and the, the starch and they mill that so you've got a really concentrated um, source of gluten. Then they add what they've taken out back in depending on what sort of bread you're going to make. So for a lot of the, the quick turnover breads, they'll be using this cheaper flour that's high in gluten and then not, not yeasting it as much. So if you're going to eat bread, and, and some people can tolerate gluten in, in, in small amounts, get your bread from a, that, where the flour's been stone ground, organic and, and, and whole stone ground flour where they grind the whole of the wheat and it's all mixed in together. And, you know, buy it from one of those artisan bakers that do the, you know, the slow fermenting and, you know, let it rise overnight. So, so potentially it could be simply a case of the technique that we used to make bread as Yeah, and, and probably the amount that we all eat way too much. Way too much. You know, well. when I was in my not so healthy stage, I've got to tell you this very quickly, Peter. I would have a, a meal, like a you know, a, a plate of food, and I would have because uh, you'd sit down with the TV program and watch something. I would um, eat up to ten slices of bread with my dinner, and yeah, I'm well, not making that story up. Well, <laughs> I'm really not. Wish I was. Well, you're a different man to what you were twelve months ago. I know. There's a lot less of you. It's a good start. We're on the way. $50 check is coming your way, Peter. Just make sure you pay the GST on it. Uh, look, just very quickly, some of the benefits of living up gluten, like a happy bowel. I think we had to say that. I had to get that in. Improved nutritional uh, absorption and weight regulation and reduced inflammation, which I think you said to Belinda earlier this afternoon. Yeah, and reduced um, IBS symptoms as well. Improved concentration for a lot of people. A lot of people that get brain fog, it can be linked back to a gluten intolerance. So yeah, there's there's if you if you're concerned, um, it's always worthwhile talking to someone about it. My main tip is if you suspect your celiac or if you think you've got a gluten problem, always rule celiac really seriously out first, and then you know try a gluten free diet and just see how much better you feel for it. And uh, for those who are waiting for those recipes oh, uh, yes. on your website, now yes. you've got there's four. You've got a, a chia almond bread, almond linseed, chickpea flatbread, and the one that I just want to hear a little bit about. The life-changing bread. That sounds like like I've got to have a slice now. Look, it's awesome, and it was um, um, given to us by um, a lady called Sarah. And it's a it's a it's a bread recipe that's like <clears throat> full of full of seeds. So um, it's really awesome with avocado. It's really easy to make. 
um, great with avocado just as an open sandwich. So there's a lot of really great gluten-free options. And just one other tip with gluten-free, a lot of products on the market say they're gluten-free, and they are, but they've been loaded up with sugar and fat. So gluten-free on the shelf doesn't mean healthy. You've still got to make the effort and, and use whole foods and try and prepare it yourself. So if they get onto our website, um, you can listen, download the, the blog, and we've got the links there to the, my four favorite recipes. But that life-changing bread is life-changing, Mark. Uh, it's in the, if it's in the marketing, the life-changing bread sounds like a winner <laughs> to me. Uh, a couple of talks that are around about at the place, the 14th of November. We've got some limited seats available, Peter, for your GAPS diet talk. Yeah, yeah. GAPS diet is a, is a really serious diet for people that have serious gut issues, autoimmune issues, or for kids with um, learning or behavior or even autism to come and learn more about. Um, 21st of November, we've got Natural Remedies for a Healthy Prostate with David Marston. And um, I'm doing the last talk for the year on managing stress and adrenal fatigue naturally on the 28th of November. So, yeah, three talks coming up to finish the year off. Plenty there. And is all the information for all these talks coming out of the same book that you've you've brought in? <laughs> this, this massive I, book. I'm a bit concerned, Peter, because yeah. this health book that you've got here, we're going to talk about it's going to cover stress. It's going to cover uh, the GAPS well, diet. It's covering bread. And also pregnancy was in this book last funnily, week. Funnily enough, on? that book is about a seminar I went to on what's called nutrigenomics, is um, nutrition and genetics, basically. So it's actually right. In that book, there is information about pregnancy, stress, and the effects of how our genes and nutrition or how our nutrition talks to our genes. So. There we go. Lots of information in Peter's big book this afternoon. And next week on the radio, why the health star rating has to go. That might get a few feathers ruffling. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, it's... um. Yeah, it's a ridiculous rating. I don't think that it's all that health-related. Okay, we will uh, find out about that next week on Health and Wellbeing with Peter Mullen at 2NURFM 103.7. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>